we let's try to give ourselves a bit of context and locate where we're holding in what we call our we shall call our journey within ourselves the point that prompted our study of the soul, the neshama was the fact that people can be religiously observant and follow all the rules and keep to all their lochas yet at the same time be devoid of spirituality meaning a spiritual experience of spirituality and the fact that sometimes on in, in legitimate orthodox communities the notion of spiritual experience is almost poo-pooed is extremely damaging to a person's long-term connection to Yiddishkeit because ultimately what we connect to what we connect to in our lives and what we gravitate towards doing are things which which connect to us and speak to us which we get some type of fulfillment pleasure on an experiential level not something that intellectually we know is the right thing to do we we gravitate and we engage in the things that speak to us and we connect to we feel they give us something call it geschmack call it whatever you will and therefore if we can experience the spirituality of Yiddishkeit, of mitzvahs, of Limudat Torah, so then we will be present in Avodah in Torah. If we cannot experience, we know it, and we have the faith, so then we will not be present in Torah and Avodah. We may be doing it because we feel bad not to do it, but we won't, that's, not where we will, that's not where we will be located essentially. And therefore it's very, it's, very, it's very scary because if a person, if the rest of the world does speak to you, if you do get that sense of connection, re- resonance when you go to a movie, when you, when you engage in your, in your career and that's what speaks to you, you feel expressed, you feel your identity is confirmed by what you're acting in, you feel that there's a sense of, yes, this is, this is me touching on reality, this is where I feel alive, so then that will almost drown out your Torah and your avoid and your Gimilis Chasadim and your, your, your spiritual pursuit. It will be, spirituality will be something that's, that's for people who are, who are like a little bit out of touch and in the world of fantasy. Whereas if a person explores the essence of the Yiddishkeit is meant to be a spiritual experience. It's meant to be something that you can feel, connect to, be with. It's, it's what's called Rachmona Liber Boy. The Torah wants your heart. The heart is my, the point of the central organ in my body. So, of course, it's metaphorical. The central organ in my body, the part of me where I feel most present. Where I feel most... I feel present when the situation, the activity that I'm engaged in speaks to me, connects to my inner essence and my identity. If a person enjoys playing tennis, so when he's on the tennis court, he feels present. He feels invested in it. He comes out of the experience and he knows what he's done. He comes out with the experience of whatever the experience was. It may have just been the experience of playing tennis. But when a person's engaged in business that is that is has a position and a role to play, he walks away from the experience knowing that something he's invested, he's fully present. When a person's doing something because he has to, so his essential being is elsewhere. School children. <laughs> By and large, most of the time. They're not present because the, 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 the difficulty in teaching a, 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 a class of children is because 
they, they were told to be here. They don't want to be there. So therefore, it's a, it's a, it's a tremendous challenge for a teacher to be able to engage the students because they, they don't want to be there. They know they should be there. They have to be there. When you have to be somewhere and you don't feel like you want to be there, you don't want to be there, so then the chances are there's going to be no... You're not going to be fully present. Your mind will be elsewhere. You'll be distracted. Your emotions will guide you elsewhere. So therefore, if you don't want to be in davening, so then you won't end up being in davening. Granted, you'll sit through chakras, but you won't be present. You won't be present in Pesach You won't be present in Shemon Esrei. You won't be present in your Tefillin because you, you know it's what you have to do. So now you don't have a schoolmaster. You've got some type of internal schoolmaster sitting over you and uh, enforcing your regimen. It's very different from when you when you feel self-motivated. This is a place I right now I'd rather be nowhere else. In order for a person to feel that. He has to be able to transcend the parameters of physicality because Tefillah speaks to the point where physicality stops. What the Shulchan Aruch calls his Pashtus Agashmes. You have to cast off your physical bound. So th- therefore, unless we manage to connect to the spiritual part of ourselves, so we won't be able to connect to the spiritual part of Judaism. Judaism is a spiritual entity. Tefillah not spiritual. You don't get much out of putting leather straps with black boxes on your arm and from a fashion perspective. Not, it's not the most chic thing to wear out on a summer's day in Paris. So you're not getting, you're not getting, you're getting it because it speaks to you spiritually. But what happens if there's no spiritual you? So then there's no one on the other side of the conversation. So unless you develop the spiritual you, i.e. coming into contact with your neshama, so the mitzvahs become dry. There's no one, there's, there's no real, there's no real synergy. There's no real point of connection. Whereas, if you develop the spiritual identity within yourself, and your neshama becomes an integral part of how you experience your identity, and your neshama is something which is hungry for the kiyum hamitzvot and for the limudatayr. So, when your neshama is hungry for that, and that's who you identify yourself as, so when you engage in the mitzvot, it becomes a meaningful and engaging experience where you feel fully present not that you go to Davidim because you have to you go to Davidim because that's where you feel connected you don't learn to because you know it's the best thing to you you learn to because that's where you feel connected it speaks to your essence discovering that essence is not an easy thing to do one of the first pathways to discovering the essence and it has to be intended what is what we're doing now we're starting to discuss in detail what does, it, just like, in other words, my consciousness and, and my ability to relate to my physical and emotional self is a product of the fact that I'm constantly exposed to it and it's available to me. My neshama is not readily available to me. I need to learn about it in order to access it. On different levels, the thing which is most available to me is my body. And this a person's severely cognitively impaired, he has an awareness of his body and his body movements, fine motor coordination. Those are things which are easily, to, easy, easily re- relatable in terms of who I am. person's emotions are, are more complex to relate to. person needs a higher level of, as it were, evolution of self to be able to be in touch with his emotions. But it's not that distant from me because at the end of the day, <coughs> I experience my emotions in quite a strong fashion. 
even though there are people, of course, emotionally unaware, and they're not aware when they're experiencing um, mild depression and mild happiness. They may be able to be conscious of extreme sadness and happiness or anger, which are very overt emotions, but it could be the emotional ro- range of what we go through in the course of a day eludes them. But soft calls soft, that point of access to our emotional world is easier than our spiritual world because it, it goes up it, go, it, it, it goes up in, a, in degrees of subtlety. The most, the least subtle, the most concrete is our experience of our bodies. Above that is our experience of our emotions, and above that is the experience of our soul. Those are very subtle movements that unless a person is finely tuned, you can miss it completely. But when you become finely tuned, so then you can see them and you can experience them, and then the entirety of Torah becomes a different place to. Imagine if you got the same, no, not the same, exponentially greater amount of fulfillment, satisfaction, enjoyment, um, adventure, suspense, involvement from the Shmanesu as you did from a movie that you enjoy watching. The movie appeals to your body and to emotions, the lower parts of itself, but it engages you until you become completely trapped and absorbed in it. And you walk out of it and you realize that for the time flew by. You, you, you're completely involved in that for one and a half hours. Imagine if every Twitter was that experience, but of course multiplied exponentially because it's not only accessing the lower parts of oneself, but accessing the highest, highest parts of oneself it can be it can be an experience which is which is absolutely mind blowing, but in order to do that, it requires training. The lower parts of self almost happen again. It requires training, but the training is almost inevitable to be a functioning person in the in the world. Just children struggle with their bodies at first, and it takes takes my 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 young our youngest child is eleven months and she's she's struggling. She's almost crawling, but it, it takes a long time to be able to get to know your limbs. You don't know what you are. You certainly don't know how to move them. So you gain movement over it. It takes years. It takes years until a child is able to, to fully utilize their body in an effective way. Of course, your emotions. So a child has no idea what their emotions are, but you develop and you mature. There's a learning process, and of course you can facilitate the learning process. The danger is that because the spiritual side of man is such a high level of evolution, you can actually not get there. Just like some people remain emotionally stunted, and they don't graduate beyond a certain level of emotional maturity. And you get people in their 70s who really have an emotional level of a 14, 15 year old. And they become angry easily. And it's possible. It's possible to become emotionally stunted. It's almost inevitable to become spiritually stunted unless you take proactive steps. Just like you can advance emotionally, emotional maturity through intervention. With spirituality, it's almost inevitable that we have to intervene to develop and to create that spiritual awareness which is so crucial to observance of the mitzvahs. That forms a brief introduction to why we're studying the anatomy of the soul. Any questions so far from such a marvelously attentive group? So now, we're going to the soul. And in order to First of all, just like when you learn anatomy um, of the body, so the more you study the anatomy of your own body, the more you're able to have insight into the way your limbs move, 
and you start to live with the the idea of muscles and bones and you've never seen I mean I hope not your bones protruding from without your skin there are people they have unfortunately but it's very painful most people don't you don't if you I mean, I've never seen I've never seen my bones I've never seen my bones but it's a reality that my bones are there haven't well, because unless my bones are there, so then I can feel them with my hands. I can't see them, but I can certainly feel that underneath the skin, there's something hard. And I've also seen enough pictures so I can envision what my bone looks like. But I can't see my bone for sure. can't see it. But I, but I'm, I, I work with that knowledge. I've never seen my lungs, nor my heart. I've never seen them. I've never seen my stomach. Sometimes after a big challenge, it does seem to want to display itself in a rather, in a rather overt fashion. But I've never seen myself, I've never seen my stomach lining inside. There's millions of little things which are beautiful little pores and, and the subtle contractions, expansions of those wonderful stomach muscles as they push the food down through the intestines. I've never seen my intestines tucker, nor my kidneys. But I know those are part and parcel of my being. They are part and parcel of my being. I've never seen them. So how do I know that they are me? And how do they complete my idea? For example, um, a person that hasn't had an education in anatomy and they're experiencing some type of sickness, as is common, commonplace, I hope is less common today than it was in South Africa when you're dealing with a highly uneducated rural population. And they come to the doctor and the English will be limited and the doctor would have to diagnose them and they'd come into the doctor's office and the doctor would say good morning how are you no doctor I'm sick well what, what, what do you, how do you describe your symptoms what do you feel sick now you're talking about a, per, about a person that they've never opened an anatomy book so they don't know there's such a thing as a lung or a heart or a stomach so the most appropriate description of their pain may be there are snakes inside of me because they've seen a snake and they know snakes bite and they're feeling a pain in their lower abdomen so they assume well they have no idea what's inside of them so it's probably snakes that's what it feels like they're gushing around so if a person doesn't learn about your anatomy even though you're walking around with your anatomy you have no idea what you're doing you have no idea who you are I've never seen my optic nerve but once I've learned about the optic nerve and then I see with my eyes I can extrapolate what's happening and how my eyes are seeing so therefore the study of anatomy completes my perception of reality even in the lowest realm of the physical body if I study psychology and I get a sense of what the structure of different emotional patterns are so then I become aware of how those patterns are working I've never seen the subconscious I've never seen the movement of how anger occurs I've experienced anger but I don't know the cause and effect I don't know how that limb operates but when I study psychology or the Jewish equivalent Musa and understand the, it's the internal structure of Midas so then when I see the occurring, I say, ah, I understand what that is. I know how that's operating because I've studied the anatomy. Now what happens if you've never studied the anatomy of your soul? It could be that you're living with it and experience it every second of your day, but you will be blind to it because you don't know how to identify it. Just like if you don't know that you have a stomach. So then you experience life as 
digestion is some type of random process that you put food in one side of your body and it comes out the other side what happened in between dos basichnis just as smells to understand so therefore the goal of understanding the anatomy of the soul is not so that we can accumulate intellectual knowledge in regard to some type of spiritual notion but rather that this should give us an insight into the movement that we're going through in day-to-day life which in turn will create an identity that we can relate to which is spiritual which in turn will allow us to experience the spiritual things we do as meaningful as interesting as connecting to who we are are you following me a person's internal spiritual structure is subdivided into two major components according to the Balatanya. One he calls the Nefesh Bahamis and one he calls the Nefesh Eloikis. The Nefesh Bahamis, as we'll later on study in greater detail, comes from the highest level of the four levels of impurity, which are called the Klippos HaTameos. And it comes from a place called Klippas Noiga. The Klippa, it's a shell, it covers over. But this is a light shell, an illuminated shell. The difference of a normal shell, an illuminated shell, is that a normal shell completely obstructs any light from coming through, whereas this shell is almost transparent and some light penetrates. Of course, when speaking about the spiritual world, we can only speak in the language of metaphor. In this metaphor, the person's lowest part of himself, his physical existence, has a component which shines light through. That light are the three midot which form an inheritance that the Jewish people have. They are known as Bashanim, Rachmanim, Bashanim, Vagoim Nechasadim. Rachmanim means mercy on others, Bashanim means shame, embarrassment when doing something which is inappropriate. And Gremlech Asadi means a desire to assist and help others. Those are three parts of a person's nefesh habahomis, of your animal soul. Your animal soul, because it's coming from a place which is elevated above the normal dregs of Tumah, it has in it, implanted in it, those three components. Your nefesh aloikis, however, is coming from a very much higher place. The nefesh habahomis is rooted in what's called the four elements, the negative side of those four elements. The four elements are known as Aish, fire, ruach, wind, mayim, water, offer, dust. All of those four elements are different sources to different categories of negative traits. From the element of fire come the traits known as arrogance and anger, gaiva and kaas. From ruach, wind, you have the pull, the desire to speak meaningless words, dvarim betalim, and to have exaggerated sense of self. That's not arrogance, that's delusionary sense of self. Arrogance is when you are good but you pride yourself on your goodness. Hispirus 
is when you pride yourself on something which isn't there. It's, it's ruach, it's, it's, it's air, there's nothing there, it's hot air. Mayim is the source of taiva, of desire, because the influence that water has on the world is it creates the lushness in the, in the creation. And afar is the dirt, that's the dust, that is the lowest part, and from there comes atzvus and atzlus, laziness and depression. So, from all those four basic yesodas, which form the building blocks of the animal soul, that's, those are the building blocks of the animal soul, and those building blocks have implications in terms of the internal emotional structure of the lower part of man. Those are the nefesh bahamis. They're negative. They're tome. The yusoidas from the same ash, ruach, maim, afar, is on the side of kedusha as well. Okay. Now, moving on to the nefesh elokis. The nefesh elokis is far more complex and is divided up into. As we'll speak more about the nefesh bahamis, it's also complex. The nefesh elokis is divided into primarily three different parts nefesh, ruach, neshama, ne- ruach and nefesh there are two higher parts called chaya and yechida which the Balatanya does not discuss at this point at least then there's the highest part is neshama the lower part is ruach and the lowest part is nefesh There's no clipper. The nefesh locus comes from chelik el kamimal. Just the 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 nefesh abahamis comes from the clippers. Comes from a place which obstructs the light of Hashem. That's a clipper. It obstructs the light of Hashem. The nefesh locus, the balatanya goes great end, comes directly from the Creator Himself. He breathes it into us. It's sourced in His deepest most part. Deepest part. And the good part of the nefesh behemoth that a Jew has. That's the side of Eitzadas Tovera. That even in even in that lowly soul, there are sparks of light. Uh, the school doesn't come from directly from Hashem. That's right. That's right. Of course, everything ultimately comes only from Hashem. But the amount of light that is visible is obstructed by what's called the clippers and therefore there's possible possibility of a person having an obstructed soul and a soul which is the opposite of obstructed gushes forth light that's called the nefesh elokis the clippers no is anyone that allows light that's right and that's where the soul of a Jew comes from from the nefesh bahamis the animal soul the nefesh elokis is divided up into nefesh ruach and neshama and every part of this both all the, the neshama, the ruach and the nefesh are then subdivided up into ten parts which are in turn categorized under two sections what's called the seichel and the midas the mind and the emotions the seichel of the nefesh elokis is the chokhmah bin odas and the midas are chesed gvurtifers netzach hoi malchus and that makes up the structure of a person's Neshama. That structure then is revealed in the world of action through three instruments. Those three instruments are known as Machshava, 
דיבור and מייסה, thought, speech and action. Whereby the neshama, when it thinks, can be expressed. When a person thinks, when he uses his mind to think, he can be expressing his neshama. When he uses his mouth to speak, he can express his neshama. When he uses his body to act, he can express his neshama, provided those thoughts, words and actions form a part of the framework known as Tariq Mitzvahs. When a person thinks in one of the Tariq Mitzvahs, for example, in Limit Torah, trying to grasp the depth of Torah, when he speaks words of Torah, trying to understand it, or other words of Chesed, when he does the practical mitzvahs, so those are ways that his neshama is expressed through his being. Either through one of the kalim, one of the instruments, or the way the Tanya calls it, one of the levushim. So he can express his neshama through his machshava, through his dibu, through his maiseh. And these um, expressions of the neshama are subdivided up into 613 parts, 248 mitzvahs aseh, and 365 mitzvahs loisase. And when a person does the mitzvahs aseh and refrains from doing the mitzvahs loisase, that is the way his actions express his neshama, and he becomes a walking, talking, thinking, doing Tzelemelokim. That's the, a brief summary, clearly insufficient to explain the complexities and all the possible difficulties that you may have um, to where we're holding in the Tanya so far. Good? Yes? Okay. Now, let's push on a little bit further. We're holding in Perik Dalit. The Balatanya says that when a person um, will go from the beginning of the Perik and he says, There is to every Nefesh Eloikis three clothes, three ways of expressing itself, it's called clothing, which are the thoughts, the words, and the actions of the 630 Mises. When a person does with his body the Mises, and when he speaks about the explanation of the Tarag Mises, and in his machshava, when you try to grasp all the different levels of Torah, the Tariq parts of his soul are clothed in the Tariq Mitzvah, meaning the soul can be subdivided again into 613 parts, each one corresponding to a different act, a different mitzvah, whether it be an act in thought, an act in speech, or an act in action. Okay. Um, yeah. Most most mitzvahs, of course, maisias or action mitzvahs. Mitzvah Talmud Torah is both. It's both dibur and machshava. Because a person that um, that learns Torah should speak out the Torah as well. 
but the grasp is dafka through the machshava. Very emotional mitzvahs. Emotional Mo- mitzvahs are not machshava. That's leiv. But then w- we do have emotional mitzvahs. Abba Hashem, Yes Hashem. Yeah. So which one would it fit into? In, into into machshava. I say, Lava Shem, is that Moshavah Dibur or Maisa? Um, <coughs> no, not necessarily. In other words, when a person, let's say the Makor of Tefillah is Vohaftes Hashem Nokecha Bechol Levavchem Bechol Nafshechem. Ezo hi Yavodeshi Belev Havoim as a Tefillah. So see, Tefillah is an expression of Ava Hashem. That's the Ava Hashem which comes about through Dibur. It isn't the mitzvah of Avas Hashem at the end of the day, loving Hashem. So if only you hold on to your horses, those horses that would like to gallop towards understanding when they should really be trotting. Um, oh, I always wanted to gallop. Let's, okay, let's be patient and let's see how the... By the time, again, as I said, there's, even though we gave an introduction, but there's a lot of unanswered questions, which hopefully as we plod our way through the Sefer, there will be... Moments of illumination. So he said, Ubepratus. In other words, now we're going to explain which parts of the Nefesh Elokis are expressed in Machshava as opposed to those which are done through Dibur and Maisa. And he says that the thing that is mislabesh by Machshava is the Seichel. And the Midas are expressed in Dibur and Maisa. Remember we said that the Neshama has really got two parts to it. It's got the Seichel and the Midas. Chochmah bin Adas is Seichel. So that part of the Neshama will gain expression through Machshava. And the Midas will gain expression through Dibur and Maisa. A tricky point that you mentioned earlier on, Rabbi, that the Midas are Avanira. So it's interesting because they're the midas and there's also mitzvahs. So we'll see. Study, study, study. Um Bapratus begins Khachm bin Das Yab Nafshoi, with the Boshis Basogas Atarashu, Masik Bapshatri Mistrush Swait. So where does the Seichel of the Nashama find its expression? It finds its expression through the Sogas Atara. The Kurakamakshova of the Nefeshalikis, through which you achieve a Sogas Atara. Um, is the levush for the chokhma, the bina, and the das of the nefesh alokis? When a person chaps chokhmas atayra, so then essentially what's happening is that part of his neshama is being expressed in that act of understanding. Of course, his hasogas atayra is going to be dependent upon his capacities. Firstly, and also on his Shoresh Hanashama, which we spoke, we have spoken about, there's something called the Shoresh Hanashama, which means people have got different kinds of souls, coming from different places. And obviously the kind of soul you have will define the kind of Torah you'll be able to grasp. Certain souls will see certain things in Torah, and other souls will see very different things. Vamidois, so now that's, in other words, where does the seichel of the neshama finds expression, the chokhmah bin and das, in the machshavah Where do the midas, the midas, 
Shain Yir of Ava and Feva told the same, which are primarily Yir and Ava and their, bro- their roots, their branches, and their consequences. So the Midas, they are Melubash, those Midas of the Neshama, coming to fruition through the Mitzvahs of Dibur and Maisa. Um, when a person speaks Divator or he's Makaima Mitzvah in the right way, so then the Midas of the Nefesh Eloikis, primarily it speak about Av and Yira, become expressed through those Divator and through that Mitzvah. Absolutely. In other words, Bishlema, we can understand, says Joe very well, easily, how the Koichas of Chochmah bin and Das fit perfectly into the study of Torah. But how do Av and Yira necessarily fit into putting on filling? How does that work? Following me? That's the invisible Kasha before the Tanya continues. So unfortunately, we'll stop here and continue at a later date. Um, Shka.